Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the CAV Sports Podcast. I am your host with the most, Chris. We have a lot to get into today, but first off, I know the obvious thing going through everybody's head right now. I am in a Patrick Mahomes Chiefs jersey. It is Super Bowl weekend. That's right. The most important time of the year. This time is here. Now, now I know what y'all are thinking. Chris, you're, di- you're a diehard Cowboys fan. Why are you wearing a Patrick Mahomes jersey right now with the Kansas City Chiefs? I will make a disclaimer right now. Disclaimer. I am a Dallas Cowboys fan, diehard. I've uh, been a Cowboys fan for a long time. Patrick Mahomes, however, first of all, best quarterback in the NFL right now. Second, he is a Red Raider. He did a he did attend Texas Tech University. I've been a big fan of him since college. I'm very happy for his success right now. I'm a Red Raider, so we share that Red Raider connection. So I'm just happy for Patrick Mahomes getting in the Super Bowl. I have his Chiefs jersey, so you guys kind of are kind of already have an idea who I'm going for in the Super Bowl coming up this Sunday. But we will get to that in a moment. We have a lot of other things to discuss first. So to start off, some of the biggest news they hit the internet has uh, been trending for a long time, a lot of speculation, but now we have our answer. And that is the one and only Tom Brady. Thomas Patrick Edward Brady Jr. has announced that he is retiring again. So congratulations, Tom Brady, for announcing his retirement again. So I thought the video of him uh, retiring was really funny, in my opinion, because um, if you guys remember last year or when he announced his first retirement, he did the whole speech thing. You know, he was, you know, he did the whole goodbye message. And reporter Adam Schefter ended up ruining everything for him, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, and whenever that came out, because he was the one that first reported it, and then Tom Brady probably thought, "Yeah, you know what? I might as well announce this since this dude basically announced my retirement without my without my knowledge of actually know if I'm going to retire or not." So I thought that was pretty funny the way he went about it. He did it on an actual video. He recorded. He recorded himself at the beach uh, announcing his retirement. On a quick side note, though, before I continue with Tom Brady, did anybody else see the person that was trying to sell, like, the sand for uh, where he retired for, like, $90,000 and he was trying to bid it? Like, the guy, like, whoever this was, this person took a picture of, like, the background of, like, what it looked like so to make sure it is where Tom did his retirement speech. Oh, I hope no one bid it on that just because first of all that's that's very funny but that's also very ridiculous to do just because like you know it's a sentimental moment and somebody thought hey let's just go where he did his retirement speech and get a jar of sand without possibly thinking i could have just got that jar of sand like on the side of the road and would have said the same thing so i thought that was very funny in my opinion but back to tom brady back to thomas patrick edward brady jr what an incredible incredible career incredible over 20 years in the NFL, you know, being that, you know, that good and uh, consistent for all this time, you know, over 20 years, like I said, he was, I, I believe I saw this on ESPN, or I saw it like on a post somewhere, he was performing at a top level in three different decades, I believe, uh, so in the 2000s, obviously when he first started and came in and played throughout the 2000s, and then into the 2010s, and then into the early 2020s, like, that is First of all, just remarkable, you know, how long he was able to play at such a high level, you know, throughout the time in the NFL. You know, there have been other QBs that have come, before, you know, that have played after him that could barely reach 30, either before injuries or, you know, just uh, feeling that football is not part of their, you know, not in their heart anymore or, you know, getting cut, something like that. And it's just incredible, in my opinion, that, you know, Tom Brady was able to go this long 
in the you know in the NFL and playing at such a high level that he has. You know, seven Super Bowl rings, six with the New England Patriots and the Evil Empire, and then going to Tampa Bay and winning a Super Bowl at Tampa Bay during COVID. You know, it's just a lot of like accolades that this that this man created in his illustrious over twenty year career. Now, I will give him this. You know, when you play that long, hopefully you can crush a lot of records. So definitely him playing, you know, and being healthy for the most part, you know, throughout his time in the NFL was definitely a big help. But, I mean, a lot of memories, you know, a lot of people have. Either love or hate him. Uh, no matter what, you know, you can't deny he's the greatest of all time. He's probably going to go down as the greatest quarterback to ever play in the NFL. For, guaranteed first ballot Hall of Famer the minute he's eligible. First ballot Hall of Famer, no doubt. I'm going to uh, say some of his career stats, kind of simple ones. You know, seven Super Bowl rings, like I said. Uh, six with the Evil Empire and the New England Patriots. And along with Tampa Bay and the Buccaneers. Now, he had... You know, 89,214 passing yards in his whole career and 649 touchdowns. I believe he has the the record for the most uh, touchdowns thrown in his career. So that's, I mean, that's obviously exciting. And I'm going to share one of my, like, one of my favorite moments. um, I guess, like, one of my favorite moments or one of, like, the best uh, memories I have of Tom Brady was the Atlanta Falcons Super Bowl game being down 28-3 to at, you know, at halftime and coming back and winning the game. I thought was just incredible. You know, there's no other way you could have wrote that up. You know, not playing good in the first half. That Atlanta defense was all over Tom Brady and Matt Ryan. MVP Matt Ryan, mind you. Not Indianapolis bad Matty Ice, but like literal MVP Matty Ice was killing it. You know, this season and almost took out Tom Brady. He would he would have been this. Uh, he would have definitely been another person to stop Tom Brady in his conquest for another super, for that Super Bowl ring. But Tom Brady just dug down, and he he found a way. And I don't think anyone could really take that away from him uh, just because, you know, as I said, just illustrious career. And just that game, I think that game just like sealed the door on him being the greatest of all time because not a lot of quarterbacks would have been able to come back from that, especially being down by that many points and trying to make a comeback is going to be was borderline impossible. And, you know, Tom Brady did it. He never gave up. You know, he was a hard-working quarterback, as we saw. You know, he was very verbal, as we can, as we uh, saw, you know, kind of later in his career, you know, uh, a little bit of frustration and stuff. But, you know, you also, you also saw how passionate he was, how passionate, you know, how much passion he had for the game. Now, granted, he did uh, break up his marriage for the game, so I guess you can't really say anything else uh, but passionate about football. So, in any case, you know, Tom, you know, Tom Brady just, you know, just keeping up that kind of level of play throughout his career, you know, and never really seeming like he took a step down. The only time I think he, you know, I feel like he did is a side of the, the ACL tear he had and uh, that year when he was uh, when he was out for the rest of the year. And then uh, this past year with the, uh, his last uh, his last last term with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers was probably like the, the times where he was a little bit on the low just because, uh, you know, not good numbers, not very Tom Brady-esque uh, that we've previously saw, but at the end of the day, even though he didn't, you know, sometimes when he never played to the level of Tom Brady, we still feared him. I think a lot of people, like, uh, I don't know if anybody will forget that. I know I definitely won't forget that. No lead was ever safe with Tom Brady at quarterback. Ever. There was no lead that was safe. Uh, even the 28-3. to um, That just proved, like, if Tom Brady's on the field, you're never out of the game. Like, you will never be out. I believe... Not this past season, but the uh, season prior, 
uh, when they went up against the Rams. They almost completed another big comeback against the Rams to go to the Super Bowl to face off against the Bengals. And, you know, he almost had it. He really did. And, you know, he's the comeback king. And just a lot of good praise about uh, about Tom Brady, no matter if you love him or hate him. You know, if you're a Bills fan and you just were stuck with Brady for that long of a time or Miami or anyone in that division. So definitely just uh, congratulations to Tom Brady and, you know, the great career he had, you know, a great career. And I don't think anybody can really take that away from him. You know, aside of, you know, maybe uh, the the flake gate and all that. I mean, he's definitely been a part of a lot of crazy things that have happened in the NFL. But also, I would like to say, though, Tom Brady did see like kind of the the evolution of the NFL, you know, like a lot of shifts uh, going, you know, going throughout his career, you know, we saw like, obviously, uh, it was kind of more traditional to be like a more of a pocket passer than quarterbacks nowadays that can run around in the pocket like Lamar Jackson, you know, he was there when Michael Vick came in and was basic, you know, dominant with his with his legs, he just saw how the game grew before his very eyes. And I think that you know, that's incredible. You know, not a lot of players can say that they went, you know, they saw the NFL evolve right before their eyes. And the fact that he was able to keep up, mind you, that Tom Brady was able to keep up with these younger, you know, these younger players that are stronger, faster, you know, than him, you know, especially being, you know, younger and just the new generation coming in. He got to see that before his very eyes and, you know, no one can take that away from Tom Brady, I think. And he's definitely the GOAT. Uh, I will admit it uh, firsthand. Uh, he is the GOAT. He's going to go down as the greatest quarterback to ever do it in the NFL. And I just feel privileged because I saw him when I was younger as a kid. I saw, you know, when he was there, when he was winning the Super Bowls, when he had the Eli Super Bowl games, you know, part of the, the greatest stuff. Uh, I guess uh, another quick story about Tom Brady. It really didn't have, like, much to do with Tom Brady, which is one of the, my, my favorite memories I've had with him in there. It was the Seattle game whenever the Malcolm Butler picked off the ball and he went crazy. It was just more of I was watching the game with my parents and my mom covered her eyes because she thought Marshawn Lynch was going to get the ball and she ended up missing the greatest play to ever happen in the Super Bowl when Malcolm Butler undercut the route and, it, and intercepted it. It's been an ongoing joke, but I mean, not really a Tom Brady moment, but he was there. You know, he was, you know, he went crazy. Uh, jumping up and down, not believing that they were that they won the Super Bowl against the Legion of Boom and Russell Wilson in Seattle. So that's another uh, another great memory I have of uh, Tom Brady. So um, just like uh, end on this note with Tom Brady. Congratulations on a great career. You know, they're able to play at that high of a level. Considered the best. He's considered the greatest quarterback ever to play in the NFL, and he's gonna go down in history as the goat. And I would say the only person probably gonna be close to Tom Brady's going to be Patrick Mahomes. The only thing I don't know if Patrick will have on him is the Super Bowl rings. I don't know if there's going to be any other player that can match Tom Brady with seven Super Bowl rings, a bunch of all-pro selections, Pro Bowls, a couple MVPs, Super Bowl MVP. Um, I would say Patrick Mahomes is going to be the closest person, but as far as Super Bowl ring-wise, I, I don't think so. I think Tom Brady's going to hold that record for a very long time, as he rightfully should. He, he played at such a high level as like I said, the the game you know evolved right in front of him, and he was still able to keep up with the time. So congratulations to you, Tom Brady, on a great career, very long career, mind you. Another retirement we had uh, earlier this weekend. We uh, AJ Green, wide receiver for the Arizona Cardinals, announces his retirement after over a decade of playing football. That one I was a little more shocked. I didn't I didn't really see it coming. Right now, I figured he might discuss you know retirement. I mean he he's a older. 
He's an older wide receiver. He's been around for a, a, a for quite a while. He was there with the Bengals. Had a lot of great moments with the Bengals, and what's it called? And he was able, you know, he is able to have a great career of his own too. I think that uh, obviously towards the end of his career, he was kind of like falling off a little bit. Older wide receiver, you take more bumps and bruises than the quarterback position will. So, uh, so I mean, congrats to him also on a great career ending it. I know it probably wasn't the the greatest note to end on with uh, Arizona not playing so well this year. And you know, D Hop coming in later, and all that. Kyler Murray being injured, but I don't. Th- I hopefully that doesn't like go over or mask his career that he had in Cincinnati. You know, great. You know, great memories. You know, bring uh, uh, shutting off. I believe they. He was the one that made sure the Ravens didn't make the postseason, or he helped the Ravens get in the postseason. I forgot which one. Uh, but you know, he was part of a lot of great memories in Cincinnati. So he'll probably be a lifelong, ba- uh, lifetime Bengal for a very long time. Arizona definitely had some great moments with him too. So congratulations to AJ Green on a great career, and we hope the best for you in the future. And we can't wait to see probably your your Cincinnati Bengal Hall of Fame induction. That's going to be awesome to see. Next topic, another big uh, big news that hit all over Twitter. This little NBA news: Kyrie Irving and. Uh, has been traded from the Brooklyn Nets to not the Los Angeles Lakers, but to the Dallas Mavericks. Now, what I found very interesting about this trade and all of this with Kyrie is that I know he wanted out of Brooklyn. He made it very clear, I believe, early last week, um, like Thursday or so, that he want he declared a tr- he demanded a trade before the deadline. And well, he got his trade. He definitely got his trade. I just did not. I don't think that's where he thought he was gonna go. I, I personally didn't think that he was going to go to Dallas. I didn't even know Dallas was on the radar to get Kyrie Irving. Um, but, I mean, good, good. I know Mark Cuban, you know, Mr. Mr. Shark Tay just clapped his hands and worked his magic. That I mean, he has really deep pockets. So, that I mean, great for the Mavs organization. I will say a couple things, though, with the Kyrie trade. I will, I'll set off on some good things. Uh, positive note, Luka Doncic has help. Like, he has help. He is not going to be the one-man show anymore, which a lot of Mavericks fans, a lot of, uh, 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 I think he even stated it too, that he, he just needs more help. You know, Luka Doncic is probably, he's like one of the one of the best uh, basketball players right now in the NBA. He's probably going to go down as one of the greats as well going into the future, but he cannot do it on his own in a league full of NBA superstars. He just can't, you know, and do, and being successful at such a young age is just a proud thing for Luca. But realistically, he does need help. Every great player is going to need help. LeBron, Jordan, um, Shaq with Kobe, it, it, no matter who you name, you're, you're going to need help. And this is definitely a great trade for Mavs if they want to win right now. Last season, they got very close. They got to the Western Conference Finals where they couldn't beat Steph Curry and the Warriors. But Luca single-handedly beat the Phoenix Suns, hands down. He single-handedly sent the Suns packing back home. So with Kyrie coming in, he's I believe he averages about 20, uh, 27, 5, and 5. So 27 points and 5 rebounds and 5 assists. That's going to be a big help uh, to the Mavericks. I believe he makes his debut uh, this upcoming Wednesday against the Clippers. So that's going to be very exciting to see him in a Mavs uniform. And, you know, hopefully hopefully they can make it work. Because, you know, the, the big issue that uh, you can kind of see, like, Maybe that might be a problem. Is that like it's just two very ball ball dominant players, you know, trying to share trying to share the rock. But we also have to keep in mind that Luca's done pretty well. Uh, Jalen Brunson, who's now with the the New York Knicks, you know, had a great season last uh, last year with Luca going to the the Western Conference Finals. If it wasn't Luca, it was Brunson. So, and then if it wasn't him, it was Spencer Dinwiddie. So, 
I think he can he can help out Kyrie. I don't think he's a like a selfish basketball player just because he ha- you know he has shown that he's helped guards a lot get open, especially if you're attracting that much attention in the paint and his step back three is killer. I think that you know with Kyrie coming in now you got to worry about two very good and very offensive productive uh, players uh, being on the court at the same time, and also it just helps Luca get a break because if Luca get get a break, then Kyrie can stay in there and try to get some points, and then Luca can come back in and get Kyrie out, and they can do you know switch off back and forth, and then obviously when a period ends or they have enough of a break, they can both go back into the game, or you know they have more of an option uh, for who's going to take the final shot. Negatives though. A negative uh, with Kyrie coming in. I will say the trade for Kyrie was kind of heavy. Spencer Dinwiddie and uh, Finley Smith both going to the Brooklyn Nets along with a couple picks. I will say, though, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie did help a lot with the Mavericks last season and this season. So I think that's going to be a little bit of a blow. But definitely Finney Smith. He was a good three-point shooter with the Mavericks. Obviously kind of a little overshadowed by Luka. But also he was a great wing defender. He was able to you know guard the wing the wing position like all day. So I think that's going to definitely hurt going into the playoffs for the, uh, for the Mavericks It's just, they're not going to have a good lockdown defender. I believe in the Kyrie trade, they got McKee Morris and who's, who's a great, uh, defender in the paint, but they need someone to, to you know, guard the wing. They're going to need fast players to guard, you know, Stephen Curry, jaw clay, all those, all those opponents are probably going to see in the playoffs. And another thing with that though, is another negative. Kyrie's got to go to work. That's that's a that's kind of my biggest concern for the uh, for the Mavericks is Kyrie has shown a pattern of not going to work and that's going to be a big a big big red flag to Mark Cuban and that da- Dallas Mavericks organization is if he doesn't play you know then they just you know they just sent all that draft capital away they sent away two players that wanted to be in Dallas away for Kyrie who doesn't even want to be there or doesn't want to play now. The different reasons why he didn't want to play, obviously a couple of them were like good, you know, good humanitarian stuff, you know. He stated before that, you know, there's place, you know, there's things out there in the world that need my attention, which is fine and all. Like if you want to be a good humanitarian, you want to help the world, you want to help, uh, you know, the community, no one's stopping you, Kyrie. No one is. But when you're not showing up to work is becoming is where the problem is either, you know, either kind of be able to, fo- you know, work with basketball and, you know, your beliefs outside of basketball or don't or pick one or the other. That's kind of where you know some organizations are leaning with. And I I want to say more probably with that was with the Nets. He just didn't want to be in Brooklyn, so he was trying to find an excuse. And then obviously prior to that, it was the it was the state uh, mandatory vaccination. He did not believe in the vaccination, so he didn't want to get the vaccine. And then it was the mask mandate. And then the, he said the Earth was flat. Kyrie is a big bag of complication. And then the anti anti Semitic uh, uh, messages uh, that he sent on Instagram. It's just it's a lot of stuff, but I think that Mark Cuban uh, will definitely work something out with Kyrie, and I, I maybe uh, some of the positives may outweigh the negative. I think just uh, by a little bit. It's just my my biggest thing is Kyrie's got to show up to play. Like he can't hold out for ninety days and then come back in the playoffs wanting to play. Like it, it's not, especially right now. The Western Conference right now is wide open. Here's why: the Dallas Mavericks are currently fifth in the Western Conference. There are only three games out of second place. So they're you know, they have a chance to get a top seed going into the playoffs and then going into all-star break. They have a chance to at least have a gap, you know, or at least, you know, catch up. So that way towards the end of the season they're not struggling so much to not get a bad seed and play a tougher opponent, especially with the new uh playing tournament coming in. So 
the West is wide. It's wide open right now for anyone to take. And the Mavericks have a chance now. I believe, uh, I think this past weekend, somebody uh, said that the uh, the NBA final, uh, for the Mavs to win the championship this year was 30-1 to without Kyrie. Now with Kyrie there, it's 14-1. to So they have a chance. The Mavs have a chance to win it all this year. Especially if, especially on who, they're, depending on who they're going to play. They they have a, they have a chance. They they really do. Now they have a realistic chance without just Luca. But Kyrie's got to go to work. Kyrie has to go to practice. He has to be at the games. He has to play at the games to be able for for this able to work for for this method of madness by Mark Cuban to work. He's got to go. To, he's got to go play, plain and simple. And hopefully Kyrie does, and they can have a you know have a great year, great rest of the year with Luca. He can learn to play with Luca, and then obviously uh, we'll see. If the Mavs will give him a giant extension going into the future. Next up, we have some coaching news going around the NFL. First up, I want this was um, kind of a crazier thing. Um, Sean Payton putting his foot down on Russell Wilson. So what I mean by that is there was a comment made by Sean Payton with Russ's entourage, you know, getting access to the facility. So his little team of um, you know coaches and health uh, health professionals and stuff like that getting access and he says and i quote from sean payton that's not going to take place here only staff and players will um, emphasize i'm uh, paraphrasing on this sentence but only staffs and players will be allowed in the facility and that's it sean payton's not messing around everybody sean payton's definitely not messing around in denver he saw how bad that offense was this past year he, he saw how bad russell wilson was and it started to look like the denver broncos were regretting that decision you know, giving Russell Wilson that max contract and then giving him extent, uh, giving him an extension, like it started to look like a bad idea until Sean Payton came to town, and he is the new sheriff in town. So Russell Wilson is not going to be able to get away with a lot of stuff like he did with uh, Nathaniel Hackett, getting his own, you know, his own space in the office, you know, be, bringing his team along to be able, you know, to get him right. So that that's pretty big. And the crazy thing is that Sean Payton can help that offense for sure. You know, he, he he did a great job with Drew Brees. Teddy Bridgewater, when he came in, when uh, James Winston got hurt, he went 5-0. and James Winston did good until, until he got hurt. Taysom Hill was undefeated, uh, or he, I believe he was 5-2 and two when uh, James was hurt, and, or not James, when Drew wasn't there. So, Sean Payton has a, you know, he has that resume of, I can make it work with this quarterback, and I can fix this problem immediately. It's just that he's not playing games with Russell Wilson, and that's 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 great. That is going to be a great thing to have in our organization because definitely the one thing you don't want is the quarterback, your star player, walking around the building like he owns the place. We're already seeing that problem with, um, we saw it with Green Bay with uh, Aaron Rodgers walking all over the Packers organization, and now they're in the they're in the problem that they're in right now. They're waiting to see uh, what he's has planning, uh, what he's going to plan, which I believe Aaron said after this uh, four. Like nothing but dark, total darkness, isolation weekend. He's or week. He's gonna decide on his future. I don't know what that's about. I really don't. But we we've seen it. Kyler Murray is now doing it with the Arizona Cardinals. He now the Arizona Cardinals have to include him in the decision of who's the, gonna be the the new head coach. And he's gonna have a lot of say in it. So we're starting to see what happens when you let the quarterback start taking over the organization. Not a lot of good things happen. Keep in mind the Kyler Murray hasn't really done much. He went to the playoffs. Got his got. You know, he got blown out by the Rams. Aaron Rodgers has not been back to the Super Bowl since he won the Super Bowl. So 
we're seeing what happens when you don't put your foot down and you let these quarterbacks take over. So Sean Payton, great, great for you coming in and telling, basically telling Russell Wilson that things are not going to be the same. Just because you're getting that big contract does not mean you're going to run this organization by yourself. And you're going to do whatever you want. So I think that's really great, and it's definitely going to like kind of you know humble Russell Wilson a little bit to know that this coach means business. You know, Sean Payton isn't just you know, an OC coming out of nowhere, he, he has a record. He had, you know, he has a good resume, Super Bowl winner. And that, that's what he says goes. That's just going to be probably going to be the, the, the vibe going into the next season. And we're, I can't, I can't wait to see it. I honestly can't because if, like I said, if anyone could help Russell Wilson get out of this drought that he had this past year, it's going to be Sean Payton, but they're going to have to work together. But obviously we can, he cannot appease Russell Wilson to the extent of what Nathaniel Hackett did because we saw where got him last season. So I'm very excited to see what's going to happen with the Broncos organization and what Sean Payton's going to do, definitely. Next up on the coaching news, Brian Flores gets hired as the defensive coordinator in Minnesota. Congratulations, Brian Flores. He was originally the linebacker coach for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, that's going to be a big help. It really is because... Minnesota's Vikings defense, I believe, was the that was the weakest point on that team. Obviously, the offense with Kirk Cousins had a wild year. Justin Jefferson, uh, T.J. Hawkinson trading for him, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook having an okay season, Kirk Cousins uh, having a decent season. That defense was the problem, though. I thought like there was a lot of times where that defense was just the weak point, and definitely getting Brian Flores. He was a linebacker coach, and he ran a pretty stellar you know linebacking core. Uh, with T.J. Watt and since and uh, Pittsburgh, and he was, he's able to make it work. I think that this is a great hire for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, just like I said, they they need all the help they can get on defense, and hopefully Brian Flores coming in is definitely going to help him out. And we'll just have to see what's going to happen. I don't think they're going to be like a top five defense, but they're definitely not going to be really bad. They can't be as bad as they were last uh, this past year. So it's only up from here on out, hopefully. So congratulations to Brian Flores on your defensive coordinating position. Next up, kind of another big news. The Dallas Cowboys hire uh, Brian Scottemeyer to be the OC for the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> I don't like this because I don't like this because he's not going to run the plays. He's not. It's already been confirmed Mike McCarthy's going to call the plays this offseason. So he's going to be the air quote unquote offensive coordinator. He's just there for the title. He's going to help McCarthy, I guess, come up with the scheme. But at the end of the day, Mike McCarthy is going to be the one that calls the plays. And the reason why I'm I'm not a big fan of this is because I'm I'm not sure what what's going to happen. If it was Brian Scottemeyer calling the plays himself, maybe I can have a little bit of hope. But I I don't because I saw what Mike McCarthy did his last you know his last year with Green Bay and it didn't work out. Aaron Rodgers is criticized on his play calling because he you know he called audibles in the in the huddle because he did not like what he heard from from the big man and that's that's just not going to be. I don't think this is going to be great. I think the Cowboys are not going to have a good offensive season this year just because Mike McCarthy is going to be calling plays. And first of all, Mike McCarthy already struggles to do time management and head coaching alone from what, you know, the past couple years that we saw him coach. We saw what, you know, how much he struggled with that. And now you want to add on offensive play calling to on top of that job. I, I don't I honestly don't know. And I don't think this is going to work out. And I'm not going to be surprised, honestly, if the Dallas Cowboys have a bad offense next year. If we don't have as productive of an offense. If we drop at least below top five, I'm not going to be surprised. Because this is exactly what we're getting, putting Mike McCarthy in charge. And this is exactly what we're getting, not keeping Kellen Moore. And, this, and it was exactly what I predicted. So I'm not 
going to hold my breath or that we're going to be a top offense like we have uh, one of the top offenses in the league like we have in the past couple of years. I'm just not. I'm, I hope for the best. You know, I always hope for the best for the Dallas Cowboys. That's my team. But looking at it realistically, I'm not too sure how this is going to go. And then obviously uh, with Dak Prescott uh, being the quarterback, and there's there's a lot of doubts with him. I know Jerry Jones and uh, Stephen Jones and the family have been saying we might get him for the next 10 years. I don't know how true that is just because his contract's coming up pretty soon. And I know they said they might give him an extension depending on what happens. But, I mean, now with Mike McCarthy calling the plays, I'm not sure what he wants to do. Because I know he's not going to be as creative as Kellen Moore. I highly doubt he'll be as creative as Kellen Moore. And I believe that they said that they're, they're going to run it kind of how he ran it at Green Bay. I'm terrified because the last year he spent at Green Bay was a disaster with Aaron Rodgers. And he had Aaron Rodgers uh, with that. So that's all I'm going to have to say about Brian Scottemeyer. I mean, congratulations on getting hired with the Dallas Cowboys. But Mike McCarthy is going to be the one calling the shots. He's just the air quote-unquote offensive coordinator because they needed to fill that position. So we'll wait for next season and what's going to happen there. Next up, the QB hunt is on. New topic, QB hunt is going on. This is going to be the, one of the craziest times uh, going into the offseason because there's a lot of teams that are going to need quarterbacks. First up, now the new uh, new team in the hunt for a quarterback, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is the crazy thing. They only have one quarterback on contract, and that's Kyle Trask, the young quarterback they drafted a couple years ago. Who was the third string quarterback? He wasn't even second because uh, Blaine Gabbert was the, I believe he was the second string quarterback behind Tom Brady. And obviously, if you're not the backup there and they had to go get some other guy from free agency, clearly you might not be the answer to the Buccaneers. So the Buccaneers are now in the hunt for a quarterback along with the Indianapolis Colts, the Oakland Raiders, or not the Oakland Raiders, I'm sorry, the Las Vegas Raiders, and the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans for sure are going to get Bryce Young in the draft. You know, hopefully he can fix the organization or at least, you know, start putting them in the, you know, pointing them in the right direction. Indy's probably going to go get CJ Stroud in the draft too. I just, I don't know what uh, Tampa Bay's going to do. I really don't. And be, just because like, you know, it's going to be, it's just going to be interesting to me because of the fact that there is some quarterbacks available. It's just a matter of if they're going to want to pay them. And it's also going to depend on if they want to take their chances with a young quarterback going into the draft, like Will Levis or Malik Cunningham or any other uh, any other prospects coming up. You know, Derek Carr right now, it, I believe he got approved already to go talk to other teams for a potential trade. He might be, you know, someone they might go get. But it's just, it's going to be interesting to me, you know, because Tampa Bay has a lot of, they have a lot of options, to be honest with you. They they have a lot of options in the draft. They have a lot of options going into, you know, the fall, going into the, you know, into the draft and the offseason, uh, the free agency market. They have some options. Lamar Jackson is going to be available if the Ravens cannot figure something out with him. He is going to be available if they want to pay him all that money to come in. He's going to be available. Derek Carr wants to get out of Vegas. You know, he's going to be available if they want to make a trade for someone. Uh, that's another option. Or, like I said, they want to go into the draft and get try to get someone. Or if they want to try Kyle Trask. I mean, they, they he's always an option. But I don't know if they're uh, fully, uh, fully buying in with Kyle Trask or what they're going to want to do with him. They may, I think they're going to keep him just in case they want to, you know, try to work something out. Maybe they go get Andy Dalton and try to trade for him. And I believe there was rumors that they were thinking about getting Jameis Winston and getting a big old reunion with him. So they have options. There's a lot of options that they have going into the offseason. It's just what are they going to do? Obviously, right now, Vegas, uh, they're trying to get Aaron Rodgers. It's just there is no secret behind it. Um, 
Devontae Adams has already been like saying, I'll buy Aaron Rodgers' house, but right now they're waiting to see what's going to happen with Aaron, if he's going to decide to retire or not. The Jets are trying to get Aaron Rodgers because they just hired Nathaniel Hackett as the offensive coordinator. I'm sorry, I forgot about the Jets. The Jets are looking for a quarterback because Mike White keeps getting hurt. Zach Wilson's not the answer, and Joe Flacco is old. So they need a quarterback as well. So they're, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tug of war for quarterback this year. It really is, especially with Tom Brady being gone. Because I believe he was one of the other free agents going, you know, one of the other free agent quarterbacks going in, and that was gonna be another sweepstakes to try to win for Las Vegas or any other team. But now with him retiring, Aaron Rodgers is an unknown. It's up for grabs. It really is. Or if you know, if Tampa wants to trade to try to get a quarterback, I don't know who they're gonna want to trade for. You know, that's not gonna at least be productive right now. We'll just have to wait and see. But moving on, keep you know, keep talking about the quarterbacks. Break not really breaking news, but definitely shocking. The Dallas Cowboys looking for a new quarterback in Max Duggan from TCU. Now, where did I come from with this? Uh, earlier this week, there has been a report from Jerry Jones himself, the man, the head honcho of the Dallas Cowboys. You know, he was interested. He went to the Senior Bowl. He checked out uh, Max Duggan, the quarterback from TCU, the you know the second the Heisman uh, runner-up finalist, and he said he likes what you know he liked his two-minute drill. He looked comfortable in the pocket. He's he's interested. I think it's a possibility. It's a possibility. Call me crazy. Call me crazy, but he may come in. I think that Jerry realistically knows that Dak might not be the answer. I think he realistically is seeing that maybe if I tr- if I keep Dak for too long, we may not win. I don't like now. I said like I said, I might be crazy about this. And he's looking at Max because that's exactly what happened with Dak. Dak came in in a late round. He got Tony Romo gets hurt. Dak comes in and takes over the offense. And he does you know he does really good his rookie season. And then obviously it's been up and down from there. But with Max Duggan coming in, it's a fresh quarterback. He's young. He's a little bit like Dak Prescott. He, you know, he uses his legs. He's got some speed. He will definitely try to run over somebody because if you've seen any of the games he had at TCU, he will definitely try to truck some people. So, call me crazy. Maybe we get Max Duggan. We hope, you know, he learns under Dak and see what happens. And do I like this pick as a fan, as a Dallas Cowboys fan? I'm not against it. Uh, just because we're probably gonna, get, you know, if we want Max Duggan. He's probably going to be like a second, third round pick, latest a fourth, just because there's you know a lot of quarter, a lot of teams right now need a quarterback, and this is definitely he's definitely up there. Uh, I believe he's like one of the he's about like the top seven or eight quarterbacks gonna, that's going to be drafted. So you know you never know you never know if you're going to find that diamond in the rough. Tom Brady was the 166th pick, Mister Irrelevant. Brock Purdy went all the way to the NFC Championship with the 49ers coming in, and I forgot about that. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be available too. And, or, I mean, you never know. You just never know. And especially since he's expressing interest in Max Duggan is definitely kind of a telltale point that, that Jerry Jones might want Max Duggan. He He's not going to go in the first round like Pop, like Will Levis or C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young or any of those quarterbacks. He, he, he just isn't. I don't think, I think he maybe he should go a little bit higher. Not in the first round, but like he should be like probably like a top, you know, five or six just because he plays with a lot of confidence in himself and he plays with a lot of passion and he will definitely work his butt off to make it work. You know, barring the national championship game, you saw him all season in college football. He was the surprise in college football this year and he led a lot of game time, game winning drives for TCU and the Horn Frogs and, you know, helped get them to 
the college football playoffs. So call me crazy. Maybe maybe get Max Duggan and make him learn under Dak Prescott. I don't think he'll follow the same route as Tony Romo did, but I will think that maybe Max, you know, Max coming in, he learns under Dak. You never know. Maybe if he, Dak doesn't step up and you know let him write out the rest of his contract and then let him walk in free agency and see what you got with Max, you know. And now some people might say like, well, what about Cooper Rush? Cooper Rush has been in that offense for five years. I five to six years. I hope he can run that offense. I really do. He's been with the Cowboys organization for a very long time. But I don't know if he'll be the long term answer. I don't know if he'll be the quarterback to give him a long term deal. Everyone was pre- you know hoping we put back Cooper Rush. I didn't because the defense is what carried Cooper Rush. If we didn't have a good defense, I don't think we would have won five games. Uh, five out of the uh, or four out of the uh, four out of the five that Dak was out for. It was about four to five games that he won out of the five or six, I don't think he would have won a lot of those games because that defense helped them out a lot. Turning, you know, getting turnovers, getting good field position for the offense, that, you know, it had a, a lot of things had to go right. And that's probably, and, uh, that's just the reality of Cooper Rush, you know? So I, that's a little bit me being more realistic. But, I mean, Max Duggan, I think he can make the offense work if we get another coordinator or, you know, if the offense doesn't do well and we don't make the playoffs next year, Mike McCarthy's probably going to get fired. And, you know, bring in another play caller for Max or Dak, you know. But let him learn under Dak. You know, he kind of has a similar play style to Dak. You know, like I said, using his legs. has he has he I think he has a little bit of a bigger arm than Dak. So, you know, we, we never know. So, that I think that was kind of like one of the crazier news coming out from Jerry Jones going into the draft season. So, keep an eye out on that. All right, last topic for the day. It's Super Bowl week. Super Bowl weekend's coming up. You know what that means. Wings. Beer, Super Bowl commercials, and the Cowboys and the Philadelphia, or not the Cowboys, I apologize, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles going head-to-head for the Super Bowl. Who, what's going to happen here? Here's what I think. Defense is going to be the key because we've seen how dominant the Chiefs and the Eagles have been on offense. Top two offenses in the league for sure. Roster-wise, the Eagles have it hands down. Aside of the quarterback play, I think Patrick Mahomes is better than Jalen Hurts, hands down. But, you know, running backs, I think... The Eagles have a slight edge. Wide receiver, definitely the Eagles have an edge. The defense is about 50-50, but I'll give it a little bit to um, to the Eagles. Uh, punt return, they got it. I think, you know, they have a better roster, but I, I the Chiefs, you can never count them out. They have a they have a they have a dangerous roster. You can never count out Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey is going to be a big factor going into the game. You know, Pacheco is starting to look like the number 1 and a big thing, Clyde Edward-Hilaire, uh Clyde Edward-Hilaire just got cleared from the IR to come back. And that's going to be a big help at the running back position for the Kansas City Chiefs. I've always said that. That's, I feel like that's kind of been the one position they've been lacking this season, you know, consistently as a running back. And now with him coming in, in the rotation with McKinnon is going to be a big help. But I think defense, because they were able to beat the Bengals with defense. Uh, what's it called? The Philadelphia Eagles beat the 49ers with defense because they were able to take out Brock Purdy and Josh Johnson. They're, so it's going to it's gonna come down to defense, in my opinion. Because if the Philadelphia Eagles defense doesn't hold up Kansas City, and let's be honest here, Jalen Hurts did not have a good aerial game in the a- NFC Championship. From what I saw, he couldn't move the ball through the air. What beat the 49ers on top of their defense always being out there for like 80% of the game is the run, is the running game. That's what killed the 49ers. Jalen Hurts did not have the like 300 yards through the air and 100 yards on the ground with four touchdowns. He didn't. He, he just didn't. And I, that's what I saw. So, I'm going to say with that, that's what's going to be the key, is if that defense for the Kansas City Chiefs can play like they did for the Bengal, against the Bengals in the AFC Championship, they, they're going to win. 
But if they don't play like that and it goes head-to-head, it's going to be close. It really will. But my Super Bowl draft pick, your Super Bowl champion is going to... I am picking the Kansas City Chiefs to win this one. That's right. I'm going with... I'm rocking with Patrick Mahomes, Red Raider, Kansas City Chief, future Hall of Famer. He's going to get his... His next Super Bowl ring, maybe another MVP. He's probably in line to win MVP this upcoming year. So I believe the honors is coming up. So I think he's I think he's gonna win in a close one. You can never count out Patrick Mahomes. You really can't. And that's gonna be the dangerous thing is that with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs, they they have a chance. I believe they're like a 1.5 underdog compared to the Eagles, but I'm gonna give it to the Chiefs. I believe in Patrick Mahomes. I believe in Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy. That offense that they run, and if that defense can play at the high level that they did in the AFC Championship, then they are going to win the game. But alrighty, guys, that's going to wrap things up for this episode of the CAV Sports Podcast. Remember, I am on YouTube, Amazon Music, and Spotify. Just look up at CAV Sports Podcast. Also, follow me on all my socials: Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at CAV Sports Podcast. And I hope you guys enjoyed the Super Bowl, and you guys have a great rest of the night.